Namaste or greeting. Welcome to Buddha's teaching. My name is Soti Tim. First of all, I'd like to pay respect to the Triple Gems. I'd like to pay respect to the Buddha. I'd like to pay respect to the Dharma. And I'd like to pay respect to the Sangha. Hello everyone, how is everything going? Today, I have a question for you. Um, at this moment or in the past, recent past, or what not, Okay, do you have anyone that you don't like? Okay, do you have someone right now that you don't like? Okay, or either that not just don't like, or it could be someone who you hate or really hate so much okay it could it could be uh, your ex right or could be your family relatives or your ex friend could be your co-worker or anyone or any you know anybody do you have somebody like that right now in your in your life in your mind can you think of that person can you remember do can you say to yourself right now yes i have this person I have that person that I don't like, the person that is uh, causing me problem, or somebody giving me headache or whatnot, right? So it could be one person, it could be many people. So, yeah. If you don't think about it, it's okay. But when you think about it, or when the name of the person come up, or if you happen to see that person somewhere, then that feeling arises, the feeling of discontent, the feeling of not happy, the feeling of hatred, the feeling of anger arise, right? The feeling of hatred arise. You have somebody like that in your, in your life? You have someone like that? I think for all of us, 
we do have somebody like that from time to time. And sometimes it happened long time ago. We just move on from years and years ago. So we just sort of put it back to the back burner. But then again, there's somebody new that take place of that past experience. And now there's somebody else that you don't like. Right? For, I believe, most of the people, I'm not going to say all, but I'm going to say most of the people, probably 99% of the people, They have somebody they don't like. They have somebody that they really hate. And even go to the extreme that the person who they hate becomes even their enemy. Right? So, be honest to yourself. Ask yourself that question. And you know the answer, whether you have such a person in your heart or not. The person don't have to be right in front of you. The person, it could be somewhere uh, multiple states away, hundreds of miles away. But when you think of the person, or conversation come up with when the, that has to do with the person, you have that resentment, you have that uh, bad feeling about the person, the person who you, you don't like, the person who, who you hate, or you consider that person as your enemy. Okay, so what's going on in the mind? Again, so now, see, everything has to do with our mind, right? Yeah, I think some of you have heard of the, uh, of an analogy, um, of uh, holding a cup of water. So let's say you have, oh, you have a glass of water. Okay. You have a glass of water and you hold it in your hand and hold it straight to the front of you. Okay. So it's just a glass of water, maybe, you know, six, eight ounces of water, a glass of water. So you hold it up, hold it straight with, with uh, one hand and keep it there. It's not heavy, right? Right. You hold it there for one minute, two minutes, three minutes. What happened? Now that glass of water that is not heavy at first, it becomes heavier and heavier and heavier. Right? 
and if you keep holding on to it, you will experience more stress, more pain to the arm muscle. The longer you hold, the, the more uh, suffering you will feel, right? And naturally, of course, we all know what to do. We say, I'm not that, I'm not that dumb. I'm not, I'm not stupid. If it's heavy, I put it down. Right? Yes. I'm not going to keep holding that glass of water when it becomes heavy. I just put it down. Pretty simple. Straightforward. Just put it down. It's not heavy anymore. So, that is the same that goes in goes with the mind that goes with the with the mental activities that we have we don't like someone we hate somebody or even that somebody becomes our enemy the more we think about the person, the more um, agony we're putting on ourselves, right? And we we can feel it within ourselves every time we talk or think about the person. Okay, there's 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 high stress and high temperature within because you really really hate that person what 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 is happening is that it's the mind that is holding on to that memory right the mind that is repeating over and over again about some kind of event, some kind of experience that had happened in the past. And that mind is holding on to that memory. And that mind cannot let it go. That mind cannot put it down. When the glass of water is heavy, it's very simple and easy for us to put it down, right? You just put it down and let it go. No more pain in the arm. So why is it that it is so difficult for us to let go of past memory? Why is it so difficult for us? To let go of past experience, and we and instead we hold on to that memory, to that past experience, and we keep bringing it up from time to time. 
okay, into the present moment, which create more negative, even more negative emotion, and and sometimes it it even builds build up even more and more and more. Instead of putting it down, instead of letting it go, we are holding on to that hatred that we have toward the person. Right? And we and when we hold on when we hate somebody okay when you hate somebody what is it that people usually do people in terms of speech people will find way to to do what will find way to say things to 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 hurt the other to to hurt the person that uh, that we hate. Okay. To to twist things in whatever ways that the mind can come up with to in order to win in order to become a better or bigger person than the one that we hate right the one that we hate is of course somebody that we want to put down Okay, we hate that person so much. We we want to show to the world that that person is a very bad person. So the mind race to find ways to speak, to say whatever it can think of to put the person down, to hurt the person, to do whatever damage that can be done to the person because you hate the person so much. Okay, so that's what the mind the ego mind does. The hateful feeling that the ego mind hold holds on to keep repeating and keep building animosity, keep building negative feeling and emotion toward the person. The hateful mind does not know 
how to let go or how to put it down. The hateful mind does not, cannot understand or does not listen to what the other side have to say. Because the hateful mind always want to win. And the hateful mind always think that it is right. And the enemy the, that the hateful mind hates is wrong. You see, the ego mind is always at the right at all times. And because of that, it holds on to that negative feeling inside and it keeps building up more and more and more. Why is it that people cannot put it down? Why is it that people cannot let it go? Why is it that people cannot forgive? That is the question that you all should investigate. What is it? What kind of mind activity is that thing? Is, is it? We all know that that is unwholesome. That is an unwholesome mind. When the mind is hateful, right? Hate that comes from anger, comes from uh, jealousy, comes from greed, comes from whatever, right? Hate is an unwholesome activity in the mind. So, why people cannot let it go or put it down? What's going on? You all been hopefully listening to many episodes before. So, take the opportunity to find the answer. Why the mind cannot put it down? If you like, you can pause this for a moment and think of uh, an answer. Think of what goes on in that men, in that mind state. Why is it that the mind? cannot let it go. Okay? I would encourage you to pause it and figure out for yourself and then come back. So, why does the mind cannot let it go? 
Why does the ego mind keep holding on to that negative feeling, to the negative emotion? First of all, for most of the people who have never come across the teaching, they are not even aware that whatever they are feeling is a mental activity and because for most of the people they identify themselves with the mind right so for most of the people who have never come across Buddha's teaching what they think is who they are. What they feel is who they are. Right? Just like Descartes said, I think, therefore I am. It's the same thing as you would say, I feel, therefore I am. I feel happy, therefore I am happy. Right? I think of something, that means that's what I am thinking, that is me, I am. So that is, first of all, the main reason that people do not even know how to deal with this, that there's a way to deal with this. People have no clue. Okay? If they know there is a way, they would find a way. But when they don't even know that there is a way, there is a teaching about the mind, there's no way. So once because and and now that what since people identify themselves with their feeling okay with their with their mind so there's no way that they know to put down that feeling to let go of that feeling and instead holding on to that feeling forever and ever and even make it bigger and bigger Okay, so that's one thing. That's the first thing, and that is that is the majority of the people that they don't even know about their own mind. So there is no way for people to let go of that negative feeling, the hateful feeling, the hateful emotion that they have, because that's how they feel, that's who they are. So that's the majority. Now, secondly, for people who have come across the teaching, 
Buddha's teaching and have learned from you know, the teaching here and there and have learned about clinging, about attachment, about wholesome and unwholesome thought and all that. And yet, the feeling is still there. Okay? So, this is the second group. The first group is a big group. Now, the second group, which is a small, which is a small group, even though they are aware, even though they are aware that the mental activities has wholesome and unwholesome activity goes is going on, but yet the feeling is still there. They still have that same uh, emotion when they think about somebody, when they think about someone. They still hate somebody, and they still hate someone. They can't, can't seem to let it go. So for the second, this second group of people, it goes to show that the teaching has not penetrated deep to the level of truly understanding the Dharma. Okay. They probably they know of the teaching. Okay. They said, yes, I understand what the Buddha said. But yet, why is it that I cannot do it? Okay. Why is it that I still have that feeling? I just cannot do it. For this group of people, it means that they have yet to understand the true teaching. Okay? That's why teaching has different levels and as the practitioners study more and more, then they can get deeper and deeper to the understanding. So there are many different levels depending on individuals. So why is it that people cannot let go? The thing is, even though they understand they understand, they said, quote-unquote, understand. The Buddha said, you know, hatred is not good, let it go. They still cannot do it. Because in the people, there is that sense of clinging to that I. There's a big I right in the middle of the room, right there. There's I versus him or her. You see? 
that big ego self is right there. It's standing, blocking the way to see the truth, to see the ultimate truth of reality. There's a big eye. That I understand the teaching, you see. I have studied the 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 the, the canons. I have studied the sutra. I have studied the lesson. But yet, I cannot do it. I can, because that person is bad to the bone. That person has done this and that person. I just. There is a big eye that is blocking the right view. Okay. The big eye is blocking the view of the person. With the eye in front, there is no way you can progress anywhere because there's the I there already. I am this and I am that. See, and once there's, as long as there is an I there, it doesn't matter how many years or how many lifetimes you study the teaching. The eyes always block the right view. The eye will always block you from seeing the truth of what is. And that has to be experienced by each and, and every single one of us, what that eye is. That's why Buddha's teaching, the core teaching and the most important teaching is a teaching about that I. Right? Who is, what is that I? Because as lay people, ordinary people, we look at things in terms of of a, a an entity we look at the person we call the person as an existing john an existing susan a, as an existing car as an existing chair or table Right? That is in the eyes of ordinary people. And as long as we see things that way, there is no way that we can see the ultimate truth or the truth of the reality. Some of you may have heard the word Nama Rupa. Nama 
rupa. Right? Another word is translated as nama as mind, rupa is body. Mind and body, or we can say, or we say, we say body and mind, or mind, mind and body, nama rupa. That's what the Buddha taught. Nama rupa, the five aggregates that breaks down what I is. Right? That breaks down what I is. The five aggregates that is consists of form, right? Which is rupa, right? Form is rupa, so that's one aggregate by itself. And within that, we can study about rupa or form, which is broken into smaller section of study. The I believe twenty eight lesson in rupa. And nama has four aggregates in it. Right? Nama or the mind has four aggregates. Okay? It has Vedana, Sanya, Sangha, and Vijnana. Vedana Meanings, uh, feeling. Okay, Vedana is, Vedana is feeling, you know, when you feel things through your, the five senses. Okay, the, the, uh, the recognition, the Awareness through the five senses. That is Vedana. Sanya, which is memory. Okay. Vedana, Sanya. Sankha, meaning consciousness. Okay. Vedana, Sanya, Sankha, Vijnana. Vijnana meaning uh, come to 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 the realization to cognition of things so those five so the buddha taught about namarupa the five aggregates right now there's different ways of looking at the teaching. The people can study it through way of Nama Rupa, the five aggregates, or the other way which I have 
gone over in multiple episodes is also come that is also from body and mind and that is chitta right mind chitta sika mind faculty rupa again rupa the same thing so chitta chitta sika okay rupa form and nibbana okay so you can go in with this approach also as we call it the four abodes or the four ultimate truth okay chitta which is the mind chitta seka mind faculties okay form or body and nibbana so either way it leads to the same teaching okay and why did the buddha teach this way because for us ordinary lay people again as i have just said earlier we look at things as a whole okay and as long as we look at things as a whole we can never see the truth of the reality the physical form we see as a whole we see the whole body and we count that body as somebody okay as a whole and when it comes to the mind because the mind is a streaming is a stream of thought our mind is a stream of thought so it's always streaming continuously while we are awake so because of that it seems like it's a one it it's like a one endless flow of energy that is always happening in a in a head right so because it's happening like a stream a, a an endless stream of thought we have this sense of one thing of the mind we have this sense of of uh, having one one mind the mind that always that is always flowing right so that's why the buddha said what is the mind that is what we think the that that we identify ourselves with this mind that we have the mind that we the mind of uh, comprise of what 
as you listening right now, your very existence right now is comprised of seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, and the tactile sensation or the touching. That whole, that all those five sensory feeling makes you aware of who you are, right? Plus your sixth sense, the mind that is running at the background, that is cognizing all of these different uh, phenomena that is happening at this moment. This thing is happening so fast. It seems like a one flawless flow of energy, of of being, that you cannot dissect it. You cannot comprehend it. You just you just you just know that that. That's what it is. That's what you know. That's what you are experiencing. But you don't know what it is. Right? So that's why the Buddha bring that up and say, Hey, I know what it is. Let me break it down for you. What that mind is. The mind is a stream of thought. Right? So the thought comes from the five sense doors, right? Plus the sixth sense that we call the the main the the main central CPU, the central processing unit, the sixth sense that interpret and react to the information that the five sense doors bring in. But in actuality, because this happens so fast, we don't know. The mind happens only one mind at a time. It's, I mean, it, right now, as you are experiencing life as it is, it is a stream. It is a stream of thought. It is a stream of cognition, right? It is a stream of energy. But what is that stream that is flowing, that is going continuously, endlessly? What is that stream of thought? Right? So that's what the Buddha breaks down for you. The stream of thought happened. So one thought happened at one moment. But from one moment to one moment, the, each moment happens so fast. Each moment happens so very quickly. We cannot. This, it's, it's beyond a normal mind to comprehend because of its speed. 
right? For example, I have mentioned this before. So let's pretend that you are sitting in a totally dark, completely dark room. Okay? You sit in there, totally dark. You can see nothing. Okay? You see nothing. So when you see nothing, your your mind that is associated with you, with your vision is not there right there is no stream of of visionary mind because that stream is not there it doesn't exist the stream that exists is your hearing you still can hear right so the other four is still functioning but the the vision is not because it's totally dark. Okay, so in order to act activate the vision mind, I can flick on the light, right? So let's say if I just flick it on and then and then flick it back off right away. Boop, boop. Okay, you see a flash of light and then it goes back to dark. Can you can you make out what is in front of you? Let's see if I put an object in front of you. You cannot make it out what up what that object is. Okay? So and if I flick it again fast, boop, boop, you still cannot make it out. You have no clue what that object is because the flicker of the light, the flash of light is so fast. It just, whoop, it's the speed of light, okay? There's no way you can make it out of what that object is that I put in front of you. So how would you, in order for you to recognize that object, that I put in front of you, I would have to, let's say, if I keep flicking the light, but right now, instead of flick it on, on and off one time, I keep flicking it on and off, on and off, multiple times. Okay? So I flick on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off. After a while, after I do it multiple times in a, in a row, you start to see what that object is. Right? You start to see the object is. And if I do it fast enough in con consecutively, then that object you can see what then it uh, it be, it arise. Because now you can see due to uninter uninterrupted almost uninterrupted stream of light. And now you can recognize the object because now, now if I leave the light on, then you can you can see what that object is that I put in front of you. Okay. You see, so that's how the mind works, right? That's how the Buddha break it down. That the mind happened with one fraction of a millisecond at a time. 
and it happens so fast. But in order for the mind to cognize something, it has to have a repetition of the same phenomena. Okay, at least seven uh, fraction of that time in order for it to have an impression on the mind. Okay, and that is a little bit deep into the Abhidharma. Okay, so it has to happen so fast consecutively in order for the mind to start to recognize what it is. And it's the same way goes with your hearing. If the sound comes so fast, just one particular like fraction of a second, you have no clue. But if it keeps happening, repeating, then you can tell, oh, that is a sound of something. So, in other words, so that's how the mind works. It's a flow of something repeatedly over and over again. And it can be interrupted. Right? So let's say, so the mind, and now you know that our mind change all the time. Right? So the mind can change. So let's say, for example, you are mad or you hate somebody. You're thinking about that person. You hate that person so much. You are thinking about it. You are talking about it and all that. Okay, so now your stream of thought is in a, in a hateful emotion, hateful feeling. And all of a sudden, something happened, right? A big noise come, boom, or something. Your stream of thought got interrupted, boom. That negative thought, uh, that hateful negative thought is gone. And it's being taken over by fearful thought. You say, what the? What just happened? You see the mind switch right away. You see? The mind switch right away because of something that got interrupted. And now, now you identify yourself with the new stream of thought of what is happening and you forget all about the hateful thought that you have. You see? That is what the mind what is what that is our mind. Our minds alternate from one stream to the next, from one emotion to the next. Okay? From one feeling to the next. Due to all these mental activities that happening that is happening constantly during our waking moment. That's what the mind does. And that has nothing to do with you. You don't have to do nothing. The mind is doing all these things by itself. The problem is, for most of the people, people are not aware of these mental activities 
and they identify themselves with the mind. But in actuality, the mind is doing all of these things by itself. It has nothing to do with you. That's why we, the Buddha teach about observing the mind, being mindful in the Satipatthana Sutra, right? Of being alert of what the mind is doing. You can become aware of what is this mind doing. And the mind, if, if you let the mind take the lead, the mind will build up animosity, build up hate, build up anger, build up whatever. The mind is very good at repeating itself. Because this is the nature of the mind, repeating in order for it to cognize things. It has to repeat itself. And because of that, the mind is repeating a lot of stuff. It does a lot of repetitious things, including whatever feeling that you have, you know, uh, love, hate, and everything in between. The mind does that. It repeats a lot. And when, when we identify ourselves with this kind of streaming of thought or train of mind, we, get, we are lost with the mind. The mind will do whatever, and we just, because we are the mind, we lose it with the mind. That's the reason why the Buddha like to like to break it down for you, so that you understand the mind. What is the mind doing? What is the mind made of? Right? The mind is not one solid thing. It's made of many, many, many trillions little mind that runs from, uh, runs continuously one from one moment to the next. That one moment is, fra- is a fraction of millisecond or nanosecond. Okay? It's at nano level or maybe even, you know, faster than that. It happens so fast. But the Buddha was able to to dissect it and let us know, hey, that's what the mind is. And if you can become aware of that mental activity of what the mind does, you can break that that habit. You see, that's where you can break the habit of 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 repeating ourselves, of repeating the same cycle of the mental activities. By just observing what it's doing, and you say, oh, that's what is the mind doing. See, so that's why it's so important to understand about our own mind. That's what the Buddha taught. Okay, the mind, the body and the mind. And the mind is the main concentration of the of Buddha's teaching. The Buddha said, do not follow that mind. The one who conquers the mind, conquers himself. Okay, so understand your mental activities. Once you understand that you are not your own mind, 
that would be a gift that you the 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 a priceless gift that you can give to yourself that's where you can find the blissful state of the true mind the inner mind that is always blissful and at peace and not you know jumping around like the normal functioning of the ego mind so today that's what I like to share with you all again there are many many times that you know a lot of things that I cover is always it's of course will run to into you know similar things that I have covered in previous episodes but it's so critical it's so important because it's hard for people to grasp the concept of this mental activity of the mind okay so yes until later if you have any comment please leave me a voicemail okay or any message all right namaste